0: Step into the Bardic Basement and ascend to a higher perspective. In this week's Bardic Basement Bite Size, we have Jemima Hughes. Sit back and don't relax. A multi-slam winner and runner-up in the 2020 UK Slam, Jemima Hughes is a performance poet who will drag you through the mind field of the unorthodox she will take you on a journey through her own experiences, providing a relatable outlet and encouraging conversation. Not for the faint-hearted, but definitely from the heart.
1: Hey, so the poem I'm going to do today is my attempt at answering the question of why people stay in abusive relationships or situations. Um, It shouldn't really be a question, in my opinion. However, I even have friends who have said to me they would ask that question, and that is totally okay because how are we supposed to understand situations that we've never been through um but on the flip side of that there's definitely ways of us helping each other to understand situations we've never been through and hopefully by speaking extremely openly and rhyming words on every other line maybe it catches ears and attention and helps people to understand the answer to these questions of why people end up in these situations, why they stay in these situations, why it really is not their fault that they ended up there or that they stayed there. Um, So hopefully this poem does that. On that note, this poem that's coming up has a very real content warning of domestic abuse and sexual violence and if it is something you don't need to listen to today or ever, please don't put yourself through it, that is absolutely fine. This is called Stay, but please remember that you don't have to. I'm going to start by telling you about New Year's Eve, 2008. My first kiss. He took all words from my mouth, left me speechless. Then spat them at me later. Why didn't she just leave? Have you ever tried to run up a downward moving escalator? Like I said, it was New Year. Everything was new. Nothing to compare this to on the borderline of Isn't he a bit old for you? But I'm of age and he knows. It was a game of numbers he was winning. Spoiler alert, this is how the rest of the game goes. New year is new beginnings and all things good. He told me he would protect me. Believable, he looked like he could. A little bit of shelter never hurt anyone but A lot leaves you isolated with nowhere left to run. A predator's step number one. I was taught to respect my elders. Of course I was going to respect him. It's attractive when you meet someone who, to see you all the time, will go out on a limb. I had a kind heart, the kind of heart that should be safe on Earth. But when vulnerability gets manipulated into weakness, safety crumbles along with all self-worth. He looked like he had all of the answers to my questions. Maybe because he was on Google at the time. I put him in my locket, his face trapped against mine. That should have been a sign, written in bold italics and underlined three times. But in my naive teenage dreams, I was the lucky girl he liked. So I dropped my entire life. And it shattered into pieces. He was in my blind spot and caught me off guard. I collided with him unintentionally, I thought, but he planned the wreck that left me permanently scarred and then drove my life like he'd just stolen it. I couldn't figure out his algorithms, but he taught me, so I would submit. My fingerprints are imprinted with his. And if forensics dusted them down, they would find lines connecting all of the places he left his mark. His eyes told me not to speak that I couldn't leave, that he was angry, that it was my fault it had to get this dark. The lies coated his tongue as seamlessly as saliva and fell from his mouth as naturally as childhood teeth. In front of others, I was carried in the palms of his hands. When they looked away, he kept me under the soles of his feet and walked all over me. He's a joke and not one I wanted to tell to people. The puppet master tightened the strings and the storyline became progressively evil. Why did I let it happen? Well, I lose patience with me too, so I thought he had a point. The only future I'd planned was with him and he knew it was his to exploit. I'd become a reflection of him. And isn't it bad luck to break a mirror? He took the most sacred thing and how powerful he was became instantly clearer. Sat in the toilet, I had my blood on my hands. That's how it felt, you know, like I was responsible for tainting my body with his commands. A mutated version of myself. Frankenstein's monster. A body inevitably stronger, but a mindset to match. I was unable to conjure because how do you scream for help when you can't even breathe? How could I speak out when my voice made him see that I listened to him? as though he never told me to shut up from a shelf full of bone China mugs. I was his paper cup. He'd empty me, throw me away like a convenient slut, grind me into the ground alongside every cigarette. But he told me what I could or couldn't wear, judged me on whether I had or hadn't removed hair, turned wipers off in rain, lights off at night to remind me to be scared, refused to take me home if wanting to leave was something I shared. So I concealed my emotions. But he heard my internal screams. He'd apologise insincerely for outbursts with a smirk like the cat who'd got the cream. Why didn't I leave? I forgot how to be in control. What would I do if he wasn't? He was the only comfort after violence. Somehow I found peace in his nonchalance. I couldn't imagine a life without him. So maybe there wasn't one. Every room, his, every face, his getting away wasn't an option. I remember my dad asked in an embrace, don't you love me anymore? I hoped my agitation told him I was scared because look what love had caused. Then he wriggled into my comfort zone, made me shudder and withdraw. My eyelashes caught tears for me whilst I detached from the rest of the world. Physical contact with anyone by now left my toes curled. I played the hand I was dealt knowing if I bluffed well enough I'd make it through another round, numb to being beaten time and time again into the ground. When I tried to fold he threatened to take his own life, his blood on my hands as well as mine when he's the one holding the knife. I had to be on his good side and that had become my state of play in case his threat spread further to anyone else who might get in his way. But one day I realised I had nothing left to risk. Everything was lost. So as I felt like giving up, I reached for the next hand that came along despite the potential cost. I had a light bulb moment. And then it exploded over my head. But I'd been to hell and back, so why wouldn't I run through glass to escape the burning dread? I have to sleep in it, but he made my bed. Now I'm burning the sheets. He tried to keep me prisoner, left me trapped inside my head, and yet he gets to be free? It's an earthquake that shook my life, and I can't stop the aftershocks. I trusted him, and he betrayed me. I don't think my trust will ever be unlocked, and it's like living with a sinkhole in the middle of your home. You learn to live with it, around it, avoid it. He plays the villain in every movie I watch, regardless of the atrocities they commit. I've forgiven so much, but it isn't my fault I can't forget. In fact, it isn't my fault at all. He's a joke, and I'm going to tell him over and over again until he gains no reaction anymore. I'll say it on repeat. Because his eyes told me not to speak.
0: You can find her social media links in the description. And another thing. You can support the Violet Basement by going to our coffee page. Thank you. You can donate by going to the link in the description.